1: You have been
0: warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here with since Steve on the biggest bad boys of podcasting, and today we are joined by guest panelists Red Jed, and we are. Doing our three-count, or weekly three-count. This uh, this week, though, we're going to take a little detour instead of doing three topics. We're going to talk uh, AEW Collision since it had its debut episode last night. And um, one of the benefits of having uh, various friends out there who live around this country and this world is the fact that they get to go to events that not all of us go to so uh red jed was there last night and gonna give us a little bit of that firsthand account of what it was like to be at collision and uh then steve and i will uh, probably have a little differing views on uh what we thought when we watched the show itself so uh red kick it off and um what was what was it like uh going into that night
1: Well, uh, you know, going into it, get to the arena. Um, I really didn't know what to expect. You know, I've been to one show at the United center, went to forbidden door last year and that was, you know, jam packed, sold out just wall to wall. People get there. It was pretty crowded. I would say they probably, they probably got over 10,000 by the end of it. I guess we'll see what the numbers are by the end, but it filled out pretty good. Uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Double or Nothing in terms of total crowd uh, capacity. The top deck was a little little open, but everything else was filled up pretty well. I know there's always that uh, stuff I'm getting a lot of my videos that I'm posting on my YouTube where I'm on the side of where the cameras are, so I'm showing where the hard cams are and people are having all kinds of issues with that still because there's two open areas, blah, blah, blah. So I'm having a lot of similar shit. Like I dealt with, with double or nothing in that instance, trying to can explain people how that works. But, um, but going into it, the vibe was very unique and I want to draw a little comparison to, I actually went to the first Monday nitro in Minneapolis at the mall of America back in 95 And going into that, I mean, I was much younger. I was 16 years old. This was 28 years ago. And I just remember this heightened buzz a little bit as I got to the Mall of America within myself about, hey, this is something new. This is like kind of an exciting shift for the company. At the time, WCW was way in a different place. You know, they got Nitro and it heightened their uh aesthetic their looks their what people thought of them they finally moved into a live format of a show and things like that it really took them to the next step
0: yeah let's be honest though you were 16 so really the excitement was going to a mall
1: yeah i had never actually i had never been to the mall of america so that was a that was a whole other thing too yeah i had just got my driver's license so i was like oh my god this is gonna be so cool i'm going to the fucking mall of america uh, fucking wrestling's there. I can't believe it. You know, Hogan's going to be there. Sting's going to be there. Flair's going to be there. So it was like a multi-layered effect for me. You know?
0: We are now dating ourselves. Exactly <laughs>
1: right, so <much>. right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, in comparison, this this was a much larger environment and stuff like that. But you still had this buzz of like, you don't know what to expect, you know? just similar to that first Nitro. I really didn't know what to expect. We had a couple matches announced ahead of time, but it was kind of like you're going into a blind. You really don't know what it's going to be like. Get into the arena then last night, and I just, like, the stage was just incredible, that first look at the stage. Um, They did do some Ring of Honor before Collision started. Uh, that's one thing I'll have to talk about maybe later on in this rant. But um, the the Ring of Honor effect needs to be structured differently with these tapings. I feel like, yeah, um, yeah there was particularly after Collision they taped more Ring of Honor, and yeah, it just not those,
0: good. And those those. It wasn't just hard cam side at that point because there were oh, a yeah. lot of fucking empty seats at that
1: you, you know it. Similar to Vegas when they did yeah. Dynamite before Double or Nothing. Boy, after Collision ended, I'm not even kidding Yeah, at least half the crowd left right away. And then match after match, as Ring of Honor taped, more people left. Because, frankly... Uh, with an exception of a few matches of, of Ring of Honor, there really wasn't much that was keeping people there. It was like squash match. And this match, it really didn't get developed much or anything like that. So, But as far as Collision went, I thought the buzz was there. The crowd, I love coming to Chicago. I'm from Minneapolis or Minnesota area. I love coming to Chicago because every fucking time I come here, the crowds are just Elevated, they're hot, they're they're frenzied fans, very passionate. So I'm always guaranteed that every time I come here. And th- this was no exception last night. The crowd was fucking El Fuego for Punk. Um, a few people I heard in the background, like when there was CM Punk chance or be a CM Punk sucks, sucks. You know, there was a little bit of that, but it was so minimal. I mean, it was like one person randomly here and there. There was not a, a big group of people giving punk shit or anything like that. A few signs out there. There was a CM junk sign that uh, a guy was waving around quite a bit and stuff. Well, but here's here's the
0: first question on that. And this yeah. is, again, uh, you know, because of the fact that you were there. Um, all right. So CM Punk, if he debuts in... Austin, Texas, or San Antonio, or Florida, or something like that. Mm-hmm. What is the difference, do you <laughs> think, between the crowd reaction in Chicago because of the fact that he is so beloved in his home city as compared to another city? Does right. he get that type of fire reaction?
1: I tell you, I don't think he's going to get a reaction like this Uh if he's in Toronto next Saturday, uh, things like that. I, I don't see it happening. I guess time will tell. Uh, I thought by the way the promo went that that could lead to some more uh, heel reactions outside right. of Chicago because I felt like there was some of that. There was like, I felt like I was telling Steve this last night too. I felt like he was kind of like, Uh, Leaning into a little bit to the cult of personality, we could call it a little bit, where he's kind of, you know, he's kind of putting it out there, almost like a politician, I felt like he was coming across on that promo a little bit, where he was kissing the ass of the crowd over and over and over and over again, and saying some things on the side that were subtly kind of like, ooh, okay, you're, you're kind of high and mighty a little bit, punk, so... I guess we'll see where it goes. But I don't see the crowds reacting like this uh, next week or the week after. They're going to have a long Canadian run. So it's going to yeah. be interesting to see how the Canadian crowds take to him. I don't know. Time will tell. But, I mean, you can't – I don't think you can compare anywhere in the world to the reaction that Punk's going to get in the Chicago environment, period. He's just – he's Punk, man. He's a uh, he's, – uh, he takes it to the next level of a hometown crowd. Uh, like for example, I went to a dispensary yesterday and I was wearing my punk shirt and like five people, Hey, you going to the show tonight? Oh, I can't wait to see him again. You know? So this was yeah. at a freaking dispensary, you know? So,
0: well, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm sure that a lot of his fans do. <laughs> <prefer the dispensary, laughs> right. Even right. though he's straight edge. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, um, of that. You know, since, since we're talking about Steve, uh, what did you think about that promo since it was the first, I don't know what, 15 minutes or so roughly of collision?
2: Oh shit, man. Um, that talk about a scathing promo. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that more than anything, what stood out to me is that, uh, he, he was absolutely unapologetic. Uh, he did plant seeds for a heel turn. Um, you know, he never he never claimed that he was in the wrong for anything that he did, whatsoever. And not that I not that I would expect him to, but immediately when you know given the opportunity and mentioning that he'd like to issue an apology, um, he immediately deflected that to being an attack on you know the locker room and the Bucks and the elite, and it. It's definitely polarizing. Uh it, it it feels almost work territory at this point.
1: Yeah. I, agree. I
2: I don't I don't know. Uh one thing that I did find funny was uh after uh I I, I did pop for his um you know David Zaslov reference.
1: Yeah and <laughs> yeah, the uh
2: the one buck punk mm-hmm. and the the counterfeit bucks. Um yeah, it that that made me laugh. And then immediately, of course, I have to go and check Twitter uh, to see if the Bucks had anything to say. And of course, they said, you know, if this was, uh, I forget the exact year, but if this was X year, we would already have counted. Year, 10 counterfeit years Bucks yeah. On Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. This was 10 years ago. <clears throat> yeah.
2: So, I mean, it's, dude, it, it's almost work territory, but. I don't I, I don't know, I don't want to put that out there. But all in is August.
1: Yeah. And then you got do, the anniver- then you got the anniversary of the Brawl out at all out, which exactly. just sets it up. Just
2: fucking exactly. perfect. Do they do they just say fuck it and you know book that six man for for Wembley?
1: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. As, as long as as long as punk is willing to do business as long as it is right. a work
1: mm-hmm.
0: then yeah sure you you do that because that would make the most sense yes. um right. y- why wouldn't you capitalize on that um but one of the things that i did learn is that punk must have a 20 inch dick because he could sure suck his own cock
1: oh absolutely <laughs>
0: Dude, yeah man he
1: was like i said like a politician like putting himself over like a motherfucker
0: yeah I, you know. and so, and sometimes i wonder if this guy for seven years sat at home and just looked at the mirror and just
2: cut promos to himself about how great he is oh of because, course yeah <laughs> it's just- of, co- of course he did man it, you know the 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 phrase gets thrown around a lot that someone's a mark for their own gimmick
1: there you right go, there. There, you right go. There. there you go right there there you go. Yeah, I mean, truly. Love
2: him or hate him, he is who he is.
1: hmm And I tell you, after the after Collision uh, went off the air, him and FTR were in the ring cutting a promo, and he just did a complete 180. There was no heel tendencies at all. He got a fan in the ring that was going through chemotherapy. That was, uh, he was carrying a LGBTQT sign for all equal work. rights. All work. Yeah, he just went all in on it, you know. Talked about trans rights, and he was going all the way non heel, and the crowd loved it every second of it. So well,
0: and and that goes to show again the the one thing is that he knows he knows the home city, right? You know, I mean, growing up, you know it, the the truth of the matter is is that Punk and I are only. You know, a couple years apart. Um, I'm only a few years older than he is, and so I grew up in the same era. He grew up in Chicago. Know a lot of the same people and a lot of the same, you know, experiences. Um, and it's the easiest city in the world to, you know, Like New York is a harsh city, right? Everyone who lives in New York, they love New York, but get them to really gush over New York and they won't, you know, LA, God, you know, no one's going to say they, they really love LA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll take, yeah, it takes someone 20 minutes in LA to, to just get the words out because it takes forever for everything there. Um, but in Chicago, if you, if you come across someone from Chicago and you say you're from that city they start talking to you as if they know you, which is quite fucking annoying, by the way. Um, (laughs) Because they they expect that you know everything that they're talking about like you've lived it. So Punk knows how to play that crowd perfectly, and there is sincerity in it, as well as fueling the bullshit, because he knows if he ever loses that base... Think about that. Like, yeah, that's when your mm-hmm. career is over. Yeah, so, when people
1: stop caring. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: all right. So that that just kind of addresses that whole first CM Punk comeback and segment. Let me ask you this though: the the thing that hit me, and this is what really concerns me, is this. This was a reboot of Punk's debut at Rampage. Yep, essentially. Yep. What yeah. happens after this?
2: Hopefully, not yeah. the same thing that happened to Rampage. No
0: okay, so, kidding. So right? Yeah, that's why I'm concerned because it's like we we know how revered. If you go back and you listen to this show, um, or you or you listen to, you know, any anyone who was covering that debut, it was so. Fucking huge! Everyone talk like this is a game changer, and to be honest, with that starting it, it really made me feel like I was just watching Rampage, but now
1: two hours. In that sense,
0: unfortunately.
1: And it it from 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 being there live, it came off differently. There was a heightened sense of energy, at least in the crowd compared to like other dynamites have been to and stuff, but we'll see if that holds. Um, I hope they were you, even, were,
0: were you at and Steve, I forgot. Were you guys at, um, uh, that rampage that he debuted?
1: No, I was in Vegas actually at yeah. the time. What was going on? We were doing something else. Yeah. Um, we,
2: um, I think there was an impact pay-per-view that weekend.
1: Something, and, yeah,
2: something was uh, going and, on here. Then. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, we we watched uh, we watched it on TV, but yeah, the the pop on TV was crazy. I can, right, I can and only I, imagine how the reaction and everything was for Punk Live, though. Yeah, and I
0: just yeah. was, I was just, I was just curious because it would have been, it would have been interesting if you had been there, uh, Jed. Just to, just to get that, yeah, that yeah. feel of if it was the same energy. Because I got a feeling that it almost was like the exact same feeling going into this.
1: Yeah. I could, there was people around me that were talking about, they were here the first time and yeah, as people were kind of scattering out after the show, there was a lot of conversation I overheard in that. Oh, this was just as cool as rampage when we were here. This just felt like, just like it, you know, similar to that. So yeah, for sure.
0: So, uh, yeah. So moving on then from punk onward, what, uh, What did you find uh, throughout that show that was um, something that, you know, things that stood out to you through that experience of being there? Yeah.
1: Well, it had that kind of, I mean, there was no surprise appearances. That would be the one thing that really I thought was missing. If I could be critical about the show at the end, I thought there's got to be some kind of cliffhanger here or somebody showing up to do something Pertaining to Punk or FTR. I kind of thought it was going to be Kenta. It didn't happen. Um, I thought they were going to maybe set up Kenta and Punk at Forbidden Door. But that actually opens up a can of worms when you think about it. Because if Punk's working at Forbidden Door, then how do you handle the interaction with Omega, Punk? Are the Bucks going to be in a match at Forbidden Door? I would guess so. Are you going to have to address that if that happens? Or... Are we making the choice that Punk's not going to be involved with Forbidden Door at all? It's maybe that's kind of the vibe I'm getting right at the moment until I yeah. see otherwise. But um, yeah, that I was mean, the one thing that was missing, was a big surprise.
2: Does, does, does Forbidden Door need Punk, though?
1: That's the thing. I don't really think they do necessarily. Yeah. Kenta and Punk is a match that sounds pre- pretty cool on paper, but it's not anything that they couldn't do at a different time in a different place, they could just, just as well fucking do it next week on collision. Punk comes out to start the show. Kenta shows up and they do that as the main event next week already. I mean, who knows, you know, they could do it like that. So otherwise I thought the, the Andrade match with Buddy Murphy or Buddy Matthews was pretty fucking good. I liked Seeing him back, I liked seeing Miro back. It felt a little fresh in that essence that these guys were coming back.
0: Let me let me ask you about Miro. Did yeah. was it just me and Steve? I don't know if you felt the same way, but that match was too long. Miro yeah. should have yeah about two two minutes, yeah. three minutes, just destroyed someone, right?
2: Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah, that, yeah. that match should have been less than a minute. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. I mean now. Of course, you know, Tony Nice got, got the rub from being involved in that match, but I but who, wait, yeah, wait, you wait. need you needed you needed to have you needed to have Miro just completely squash this guy. Um as, sure. as it was Miro came after off looking like a star. But... Oh, after,
0: after that promo too, right, Steve? Like cause that Nice promo just went on forever and really oh, yes. was horrible.
1: Yeah, it was terrible.
0: So I was expecting, okay, Miro's going to look like a fucking million bucks because he's just right. going to destroy him. And then I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> what's going on? This match is still going,
1: right? Yeah, that was weird. Are
0: are are, are they doing it again with him? <laughs> are
1: we <No>. seeing <laughs> right some sort of ha- ha- backhanded kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So
2: I mean, I I I have more faith in in the mirror run this time around. And quite frankly, I have, I have faith in a lot of things to do with collision largely because of the things that are going to be done behind the scenes.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: almost as equal to what's going to be done in front of the camera. Uh, you're, you know, you've got Tony Khan who quite frankly, he, he can't book uh dynamite. Rampage, Collision, ROH, all in—you know—all at the same time and make and, things. Come and down. his fantasy league. It, hey, dude, <laughs> it, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. But the the fact that they've that they've are building a creative team for Collision, made up of Brian Danielson, Dax Harwood, and Chris Hero, that gives me a lot of optimism. To say the least. Yeah.
1: I think long term there's a lot of potential there where you have, have these guys working in creative and kind of building the blocks that need to be built in this direction for this brand or sub brand, whatever you want to call it, with with collision. So
0: um so you know, in in looking at the what was presented last night, um one of the things that I was that that has my head scratching right now is you have Taya, you bring in Taya, you have her lose to Jade, you have her lose to Jade, then you have her now apparently the contender for the title with Statland. It Yeah, that's weird. Yeah It's a weird take. I agree. And, and and it's not like it's not like we debuted someone in her that it, like if you were gonna have Jade lose the title, why didn't she lose it to Taya? And then Taya ditches the
1: title to Statlander when she's back. That would That's explain so. the turn also. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I just I, I don't I don't know. And if I'm not mistaken, then we had no Thunderosa, right? Yeah,
2: nothing,
1: <laughs> right. nothing, no I, promo, nothing.
2: I don't I don't know if if Thunder is cleared to for in ring but yeah a, a promo or you know a vignette even uh, a vignette something. right
0: if you're going to tease us with showing her going into Khan's office then what you know why wouldn't you have a payoff so so for me that one of the problems was is that in a women's division that you could potentially grow i saw nothing on this two hours that would give me confidence that the division is, you know, going to head in a direction that is going to make me more excited.
1: I did like the, I did like the women's tag. I will say that much. I thought it was well done. I thought good on them for giving sky blue a big win in Chicago coming off of that match she had, which I thought she looked pretty damn good in as well. Um, I don't know if they're going to go back to that well and have her do another match for the women's title with Tony Storm. Or if they're going to go somewhere completely different, maybe shifting over to the Ring of Honor brand and do another, pro- another match. She had a match with Athena that was decent before. They could go back to that. I don't know. Hard to say, but... I'm kind of with you though, Michaels. That it's the division needs a little bit of a shaking up. I mean, this has been a thing with
2: AW's women's div- women's division for a long time. Day right. one, you know, damn near day one. There's, yeah, you know, outside outside of the the initial Britt Baker um, title run, it things have been in disarray. And quite yeah. frankly, even during the the initial Britt Baker run, it was still. Okay, who's who's gonna challenge because there's not Mm -hmm. a a coherent division, you know. Yeah. So I, I think that unfortunately, just like how impact wrestling, no matter what, always has an amazing women's division. Yep. I hope that AEW can get things figured out and that they're not saddled with always having a mediocre women's division.
1: Yeah. And if it yeah. takes them getting a, a team of creative minds to focus on it, do but, it. You know? But
0: that's, see, that's the interesting dilemma here because didn't they bring in Angelina Love?
1: Wasn't yeah. it? Or, oh, yeah. that's right. Uh, yeah. Madison Rain. Madison Rain. Mad- yeah. Madison Rain. Yeah. yeah. They brought yeah. In her that's right. to be a coach. That's right. Yeah.
0: So it's like that's that's what's kind of mind-boggling to me um, is the the fact that we're here almost four years later. Yep. And we're saying the same thing that you know was said back then, and arguably they have more talent now. Yep. You know, initially the women's division was very then um and now you have more talent but what's really interesting to me is that even with more talent it seems like maybe even more so than the guys that there might be bigger egos
1: maybe yeah I don't it know might what, be hard, what the deal you is know,
0: yeah how, how do you juggle all you know because now you know with the guys it's a little different because it, it's just such a bigger roster, right? But the women, you're talking a smaller pool, but you're talking Soraya. You're talking Tony Storm. You're talking Jamie Hayter. You're talking Britt. You're talking, you know, um, Ruby. You're talking Athena, who – why Athena is not your head trainer, you know?
1: Like, and, I th- and I think they should move her out of Ring of Honor, too. Yeah. I mean, she's been having yeah. great matches in Ring yeah. of Honor, which is fantastic for that division – but man she's so talented she needs to be in on dynamite on a regular or collision (laughs) right right
0: you know exposure and i think so yeah you're just you're seeing all these these egos that it just might be hard because you don't have um as as much as he you know he was what he was as mark carano was a person who was Vince to Carano to the to the women Mm -hmm. do they have that structure and again with Tony with Vince if I say it it goes with Tony it's if I say it and you hear it and then you mix it in your brain and then put it back to Tony on how you see things are you getting a totally different outcome yeah so, I, and, and I mean, that's just in general. So it's, it's just very interesting because I thought maybe, just maybe, it would be raised a little bit, especially if you were going to have more of that. We have, you know, these people on this show, these people on this show type of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, why not feature, you know, a little bit more um, and take some of that, Take some of that light off of Rampage. Take that yeah. TBS title and and put the TBS title on Collision. Why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to another network title. All right, boys, oh, at this one.
1: Oh man, that was that was the one I saw. I saw the show. Was I just don't see where they're gonna go with Christian and Luchasaurus as TNT champion? S. I don't know if it's both of them or what the dynamic is gonna be there, but and then you're you're really fucking around with Wardlow even more than you already have. Uh man, I don't know what to make of it. I was shocked. I did not see that title change happening going into it. I thought if anything, would be a blow off of the program finally, and we'd be able to move the fuck on from it. And now we're in a different spot with it, and I don't think it really benefited anybody. In retrospect, was Luchasaurus ready for a fucking? Was he developed enough for a TNT title run? No, no,
0: hell no. Well, let's let's be honest. At this point, you don't have to be developed
2: at all for a TNT title. Uh, apparently not. Dude. It, it, it it's crazy. The 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 only thing that was very telling was obviously the post-match with christian cage parading around with the title oh, yeah. um so obviously i think that that could have a little bit of entertainment value uh yeah. with christian cage acting like as if he's the champion but actually luchasaurus is or do we get a DiBiase andre type scenario
1: yeah he just passes it on where to where he just passes right. over the title yeah yeah,
2: um, I think it, I think it, Jed,
0: Jed kind of hit on it though, Steve. Too. I think we might see Freebird rules here,
2: possibly. Like, yeah,
0: right. Christian God, might not. be able to
2: defend the title. God, I hope not, dude.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I, I kind of feel like that's
2: where it's going. Let's see though, it's weird. Honestly, this match, out of everything, this match was the thing that I really, really wanted to include in my WTF segments. For wrestling talk yeah, yeah this was uh, as jed said like i didn't see this outcome happening whatsoever mm-hmm. um i figured okay the first the first match in the history of collision will be a tnt title defense Wardlow will come out looking strong and this is where we're gonna go instead we get a snap title change that really makes no sense and Where does this? We we talked a lot about where Luchasaurus and Christian Cage go. Where does Wardlow go from here? No shit. At at this point, I mean the guy, he's lost any and all credibility that he's had. So what are you going to do? Is he now going to you know heal out on Arn Anderson? Maybe powerbomb him and then turn heel? I mean, what can you do with this guy? He's Orlando, amazing for his size with what he can do in the ring guys sh- his size should not be able to do the things that he can
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they're squandering a a great talent squandering it by what yeah. yes he he drops a secondary title but he i believe has two of the shortest TNT title reigns in the history of that championship
1: right and not like a not like a notable Defense or match within those runs, so that's a problem. And I think they kind of did the title switch just because they were like, Hey, this is a new show, we have to do like uh, by default, we have to do a title switch. That's what it kind of felt like. There was was not thought put into it,
0: you know. No, there was. Well, there's barely any thought put into a lot of stuff Tony does sometimes. And um, Orlando is the answer. Where does he go from here? NXT. Oh him. wow! You want to, you yeah. want to, you want to build him. Listen, you would
2: be better off there at this point,
0: right? Exactly. Just from a pure talent perspective of building a guy who has potential to be a star, yeah. That that is the truth, um, because they've been given the opportunity here, and holy shit! The biggest problem I have is that you have a guy here. He should have never lost that title to Hobbs, no, no doubt. No doubt. Then he gets the title back out of a quick change, and now you have him dump right away. You didn't even let the feud build. No, you just yeah. basically weird. So I have I have a huge problem with this, and I think you said it uh, very well, Jed. Is that okay? New show or Steve? Uh, if you said it, the title change. You have a title change. I think that's a great idea. I also think that um, you don't put it as your first match. You put it in in that half of that break, right? You know, mm-hmm. because obviously Punk was going to be in the main event, or else he would have stayed home. So, uh, <laughs> so my problem is this: that North American title, or whatever the hell they call it, the the one the international owns, title. International title, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, that is a belt that, right now, as it stands, Orange Cassidy is not going to be your heavyweight champion. All right. So, and, and the TNT belt to me is like a TV title, right? It's yeah, that's not your next heavyweight champion. So, yep. use that international title to be the person who's poised and has the bigger shot at becoming a champion in your company your world champion in your company within the next year or so right so i think that is what they should have done they should have been building
1: a match where orange loses that belt yes yeah for sure man it's been a while it's it's time He's had a great run. I'll give him that. He's had a fantastic run with it, but we're running out of options with it.
2: The the other thing too that I would mention is, you know, they've been teasing that he's been getting weaker week to week to week. Um, And I, I legit thought that, yeah, you would have orange Cassidy defending the championship. He was in the promotional, uh, all the promotional graphics and ads and everything for collision. Right. So I, I, Definitely thought that he would be defending the title. Right. And quite frankly, that this would have been the title change. Uh, I think yeah. we're all in agreement on that type of, yeah, uh, type of situation. Yeah. The other baby face heel dichotomy throughout the rest of this show if Wardlow would have retained this championship, then you, you would have had to have changed one of the other finishes because every other match, the babyface fucking won.
0: Right. And well, you, yeah, right. You,
2: you have to have a little bit of balance somewhere. God mm-hmm. knows Punk and FTR aren't going to lose in Chicago. Um, and then well, so what, so, Sky so, Blue but, and Willow you know, get beat again.
1: Yeah,
2: I, yeah. I, I, I kind of see it. Um,
0: so the question I'll, – I'll, I'll throw it in, in the thinking. I'll, I'll try to put my mind in that set. And that is technically I think Taya is
1: a heel. At this point, yeah. So
0: Taya she wins that done. match, quote unquote, as a heel, right? Didn't she
1: didn't she wrestle? Uh, Taya, no, she didn't. She did a, yeah, I right. feel like she a vignette or wrestle. something.
0: It was just her confronting Statlander or was that? Yeah, it was moment? just a just a yeah. quick
1: segment confronting her, right? Holy
0: yeah. crap. So yeah. So she didn't even wrestle on the show. Jesus.
1: No. No, no, she right. was not involved. Uh uh-uh. uh.
2: Jesus. Man. Yeah, it was well, just a, a five match show. Um yeah. That's
0: that's a little uh, – you know what? Now that you said that too, I forgot that that main event was a longer main yeah. event. So. Yeah,
1: they went a good half hour or 25 yeah, minutes, something hour. like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, was, was,
0: that, was it worth that time for that match or could it have been a little shorter? I kind of <laughs> thought in being there – l- could they have squeezed another match in there, basically? Maybe.
1: They, I, yeah, I the, I the lo- I, like in that main event, I loved the interactions with Joe and Punk. I thought that oh, was yeah. a strong point that you, they kept running back to a little bit. But I do think they could have ter- maybe like a 17-minute match or something like that instead of a 25, 26-minute match. And, yeah, you could have maybe put something in that last uh, segment before the main event to kind of fill it out a little more. Possibly, yeah, and just
0: and just to give you know a little more flavor, taste, I think too, because mm-hmm. again, if you take that time of that main event and the time of Punk's promo, it literally is a half of show. Just yeah, it is. No it's doubt. it's it's Phil Brooks's fucking ego centric fucking circus. <laughs> it's it's just kind of mind-boggling that 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 someone has the that kind of power where they can basically just have this whole thing just be around them and everyone's catering
1: yeah i wonder if that's going to be like a thing every week with collision we're going to start with a punk promo and then we're going to have like a main event involving punk in most cases i don't know i guess time will tell time will tell you,
2: you hope Fuck you for mentioning that because now that's <laughs> been, been mentioned and it's going to happen.
1: Now. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, um, you got, you got other guys on the team. You got Danielson, you got others that should be able to filter through that yeah. stuff a little bit. So we'll see where they go with it. But I guess it just depends on what the creative dynamic is of the show with all these different chefs in the kitchen, so to speak, who gets kind yeah. of authority, you know?
0: That's a very, I mean, that's a very good point. And, you know, sometimes it's funny because we can say, well, these filters can be good. But then again, one of the points that I think that gets missed a lot is that the guys that were in the WWE who were under Vince, as much as they were yes men they were also guys like Pat Patterson, right? So Pat Patterson, even though he was friends with Vince, Vince was not going to uh, necessarily not take Patterson's word into consideration. Now, I think Danielson, I think that's totally the same situation, right? But then I look at someone like Dax, and you kind of go, all right, that's going to maybe be an issue a little bit because if Punk wants something, now he's got Dax's ear. And, and wasn't he, a
1: Steel said to be involved Steel in creative as well?
0: Apparently has to have been back or else Punk would have stayed home.
1: Right. They must so, have so been professional. Yeah,
0: Yeah. So that's another question. And then, like you said, like a Chris Hero. Now Chris Hero's great. We all know that. We know the guy's great. But what kind of pull does he have? And is this now, it's a lot of the, it seems to be a lot of the boys just trying to get what their groups want. You know, the structure is still not what it could be to make it what the company should be in terms of growing. And that's the whole thing here, because in the end, we know that this show is going to have a great number. Yeah,
1: I would guess so. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. But it's how does that sustain? And you again, you you come into two questions. One, will it be punk burnout? Because if it becomes punk burnout, that's not a good thing. Because the numbers mm-hmm. going to drop because people don't want to see punk. Um, although he'll do great numbers in Chicago, right? So and then the second question becomes if the numbers stay great then is it because of punk and now do we get punk burnout because now we have to put him because the network is saying we want him on dynamite now cuz we see that this is the reason our numbers went down when he left and this is the reason the numbers are up is because he's back this single move could be a big weight on what the future of the company is yeah it's based on the network involvement and investment in the product which again i have no problem with success of the company if the success is merited and based on the product itself not You, Tony Khan, coming out and saying, this is a great product. This is a successful product. And you being able to stand up to the network and basically say, no, no, no. No, here's the agreement we had. You know, I can't have them on this show because I got these guys on the show. And if Punk is forced onto Tynamite and the Bucks contracts are up, at the end of the year which apparently somewhere in december ish their Mm -hmm. contracts apparently are up so then what happens then do we see essentially then those guys being forced out like cody was and do you risk not that i'm a huge bucks fan but they are known do you risk losing those guys who have exposure already going to the other company and becoming Cody Rhodes, but for the tag team.
1: Yeah. I, I don't think they'd fit well in WWE at all, personally. So Cody well, we, had that background a little bit, but the Bucks have sure. nothing, you know, with that.
0: Well, we, we, we say that. And, and again, I'm, I'm not going to disagree because I'm not the hugest fan. But at the same time, we have now an Uso tag team that has been built up that if they stay together, they're going to need something big. Right. But if you take them apart, now you have a hole in your division where do you bring in someone like that? to elevate. And the only reason I even consider it is because Cody's there.
1: Yeah. He's the, the template has been formed. So to speak. Like, and, yeah, and, yeah.
0: And why not have Cody just, you know, first of all, push, you know, he likes the guys push for the guys mm-hmm. possibly. And number two, Cody's been on his own this whole time. Hey, a little bit of backup, never hurt anyone and building mm-hmm. up kind of, you know three man rivalry or something could happen but but that's the risk you're taking investing all of this into the idea of if the network is getting involved said this from the beginning this is the dangers you run into of having people now start dictating to you what they want your company to be instead of you basically you know even wwe dealt with it with smackdown and being on fox right Mm mm-hmm you know, getting told we want Brock Lesnar. What happened? The first fucking thing every fan said was they just destroyed Kofi in, yep. in one instance. And it was and, and
2: quite frankly, he never he never really he recovered. Never. <laughs> never. Yeah, he never did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's 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 like Big E. He basically got put out with a neck injury, essentially, because something careless was done that wasn't intentional. Right. But you know, you couldn't control the circumstances. It just happened. And this is what networks do. And we know this from again, WCW and the history of, you know, ego versus network network, always going to win. Always not. Yeah. Always. So, all right. Um, any final thoughts yet on, uh, on that experience?
1: Uh, you know, it was, it was definitely a left, feeling like hey this was a solid first start there's a lot of things that maybe question marks going into the future with things um but i thought it was a solid first debut episode it felt uh, a freshness to it that was maybe aesthetically i haven't watched the broadcast yet but i'm curious on how it's gonna feel watching it on tv versus dynamite production wise just the commentary from everything i've heard sounds like it was a nice change of pace was
2: that right steve i uh, you had said Absolutely. that too yeah, yeah the uh <laughs> the commentary i liked having a two-man booth um unfortunately jr fell and blacked out his eye and you know not messed a, himself up pretty enforced, badly earlier enforced on enforced in the same police. day um Mm-mm-mm. and still you know commentated on the main event um Honestly, I think that less would have been more at the commentary table. Uh, I I think Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGinnis were great. The only exception being that Kevin Kelly, for the life of him, could not pronounce Andrade El Idolo's name. (laughs) Um, He referred to him as Andre El Idolo at least three (laughs) or four times. Wow. um, Which was very unlike him. Uh, Ken Kelly is arguably one of the best voices in all of professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. Um, So hopefully it was just an off night or an off segment for him in a match that was fucking amazing, by the way. We haven't talked about it much. Andrade and Buddy Matthews had a fucking banger of a match. Probably one of the best matches I've seen at least all week.
1: Yeah. And it should have been the opener of Collision. Agreed. After the punk promo, that would have been a hot way to start it out. I, lo- I loved how they were using their significant others finishes at the end. People around me were getting a hoot out of that, man. We were all like, oh my God, holy shit. They're fucking going there. So that was fun.
0: Um, You know, Steve, you brought up a very good point about the broadcasting. And I think that this is one of my biggest problems. Um, you know, I've always said, this is a company that said, we're going to, to give opportunities to those people who don't get those opportunities, right? So why have they not fucking created, and I'm not talking Excalibur because Excalibur is not worth a shit in terms of being a real play-by-play guy. Get a fucking, a young, hungry play-by-play guy in there. Develop your next, you know. Joey Styles was associated at ECW. Where's your fucking Joey Styles in this company? You've relied on, yeah, right. you've relied on Shivani and Ross. And I was telling someone, you know, if you keep relying on Shivani and Ross and sting and Arn and all those types of guys, you're going to have more tribute shows because all of them are going to be dying around the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing. You have all these older people in the mix when your whole point was we're going to give this youth a push that's what i think they're missing connect with that button and you separate yourself from wwe hit that youth button hit that button where people go that's my voice of the generation right now the problem is is you're using the voice of the old generation and he's you know i don't know how he Tripped and blacked his eye out, but we know, you know, there could be a couple reasons, and you know, mm-hmm. that's unfortunately what happens with age. Same with Shivani, man. But Shivani, no matter how much hair color for many you use, mm-hmm. and how many ear piercings you're going to get, you're not getting any younger. So,
1: finally, I, I like the role
2: that they have Shivani in, though, as an in-ring interviewer. Yeah, You stick
1: with I, that, right? Keep yeah. him off. Keep him off commentary. But yeah, put him in as the the in ring interview guy. That's all right. I can handle that. Sure. Yep.
0: But but again, what I'm saying is, they're not getting any younger. So mm-hmm. if you're going to expand your your audience again for generational sake, start getting some of the you know people that you you know haven't never heard of and build those people instead of just hiring people from the past and and that's that's always a complaint of mine um and and you know that match was a great match um it, it was the only problem i had was you had this blackout that went on for a long time to get them in there then when you brought up the lights okay so they're in there <laughs> yeah. what does the House of Black actually do do they convert people do they just beat the shit out of people what do they do that makes them this menace other than they look like menaces and they talk like menaces right just yeah. give me a little something because I want to know well is is this like is this the recruiting pro? is this like how they're going to draw him in what do you what are you going to do with that but in general with the house of black that's the thing i think i'm missing is why what are they truly especially with julia you know uh, (laughs) art there's still for no real reason give me something give me something that lets me know that these guys are are jerks yeah you know Or
2: or maybe maybe we're working toward a Malachi Black and Andrade match. Um, Unfortunately, I think that we're we're probably going to end up getting is a House of Black versus LFI trios match.
1: Probably. I really I really hope that
2: we do. I I didn't even think about um, this being a sort of an initiation or like them, you know, trying to bring in Andrade. If they go that route, Michaels, I'll give you credit. Because that actually would be awesome. That would allow him to, you know, focus on saying less in promos. He might not need to have, and I'm saying he, meaning Andrade, um, yeah, he, he may not need to have somebody speak for him. Um, so I didn't even think about that, but that's actually really compelling. Thank you for bringing that yeah,
1: up. Yeah, I wonder where they're going to go with that. I'm, I'm intrigued for sure. So, but yeah, I agree. They need to, uh, they need to give more meat to the bone with the House of Black. They had yeah. before they had, they were doing vignettes with them on dynamite when yeah. 10 lead into them coming back. And now they've just kind of dropped the whole thing. So let's, let's get back to where they were at least, you know? Yeah.
0: And, and that's, and that's the whole thing too. Now with two more hours of programming, this is the stuff you do need to flesh out mm-hmm. because if you don't flesh it out, then you're again, you're stuck in a position where you're just putting on program just to put on program. And, you know, we all feel the same way about that. It's like, you can have great matches. That's wonderful. But at the same time, there has to be some reasoning to the characters to then make that something that I want to invest my time into. Um, Because the difference right now is that you know that with if you see the bloodline, even if you fast forward through the nine minutes getting to the ring, right? Which
2: I do every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here.
0: <laughs> you know, but as soon as that mic gets into the hand of you know Haman or Reigns or the Usos, you're immediately compelled to stop it and to figure out what's about to happen because you're telling me something and I know you're telling me something and I think that that was a great moment last night where that's what I was waiting for what am I being told here what is going to happen and I think if we see more of that like now i know like even back in the day you knew that a bloodbath was going to happen out of nowhere sometimes with the brood right you were just mm-hmm. like when they were targeting someone so you have a you have this you know magical mystical group let's fucking have something happen um well yeah. hey they just
1: they just signed jimmy jacobs from impact for creative and you know no. he had a hand in all that kind of mysterious spooky ooky shit that impact would do where they'd have like characters killed off and they'd go into nether worlds and outer regions of shit. Yeah, I'd lean on him a little bit, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think that's exactly the thing that they, they need it. They, they need to start hiring guys like that too, yes. who have wrestling experience and who have creative minds and who are just fucking solid people to have structure out stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe that's a good sign as well. Um, and I think that in the end, if you're Tony, you have to also trust the fact that you can just let go of the reins. Because even though Vince had the reins, Pritchard is, you know, it, it, he was doing the stuff that he came up with. And, you know, you he allowed those guys to come up with shit. Yeah. And Tony needs to find those people who will come up with the stuff and then understand what they're trying to do and go, oh, my God, okay, I see what you're doing and not have it as, yes, we're successful. It's like I would look at it as like, hey, man, we're not successful enough. Let's Mm -hmm. let's make this as good as it could be, because there's a lot of people around that are so smart in that company that if you. Took aside the egos and were able to, you know, formulate structured stories on a weekly basis that involve these characters. You could have a product that is going to then suffice the network because the network is going to be making more money because the eyes are going to be up. So, you It'll know, let's we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, that's the three count for this week. And uh, final thoughts, uh, Sin City,
1: Steve?
2: All right. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do. We genuinely appreciate each and every one of you. Also, a special thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country. Whether you're doing that on lands foreign or domestic, thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. And last but not least, repsports.com, R-E-P-P-Sports.com. Go there for all your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Again, repsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout and save yourself 15%.
0: And Red Jed, final thoughts.
1: Yeah, just uh, just a quick reminder that I'm on YouTube, Red Jed's Wrestling Rants, and uh, since the topic of discussion has been collision, um, plenty of videos and clips that I've posted from the taping last night. That is on my YouTube. I'm going to be dropping some more today, as a matter of fact, and as well a lot of highlights and clips from the Ring of Honor tapings. There wasn't a whole lot to talk about. But the last match of the show was a barn burner a bit. It was Athena and Kira Hogan in a street fight. They were using thumbtacks. They were doing bumps onto tables and chairs. And, oh, my, it was actually a decent little match worth checking out. So that's what I got for uh, my experience last night. It was fun. Uh, The Ring of Honor stuff, like I said, needs to be restructured. I think they need to tape that before collision only. And we're talking about all these creative minds that they have in the company. Motherfucker get like two or three people and like have them book ring of honor. They need it. They need storylines badly. So we'll see yeah, where they make, go there.
0: Make it a separate company. I mean, literally yeah, just, right. just make it a separate brand. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, but again, that's, you know, again, we don't know the structure unfortunately we don't know the politics we don't know anything yeah. going on with the company so it's fine it's it's it is what it is and someone is going to figure that out at some point that you just you just can't have all these people go i want to come and see CM Punk and then have the show end have him do all that in the ring after yeah. the final match and then go, wait a minute, everyone. Let's stay for another hour of wrestling. That- yeah,
1: it was almost two hours after Collision last night that they taped. And it just wore everybody out, including myself, you know. Like, if you're going to put on, like, a, a really high-end in-ring product, that may be one way to keep people. But that was not what this was, you know. So it is what it is. But they need to figure something out with Ring of Honor, something different and uh put, putting it after is just i feel bad for the talent too because then they're coming out and trying to get over with like you know two-thirds of the crowd gone you know yeah. sucks it's, it's like the 205 live effect basically yeah. the same shit you know?
0: so all right everyone thank you for tuning in this week and until next week everyone happy wrestling
2: biggest bad boys of podcasting.